Fantastic. Hello. Hello. Um, so today's episode, menopause. Yeah. I'm excited. About the menopause? Um, not about starting the menopause. Oh. I mean, if I had a bit more information, then maybe I'd be looking forward to it. But to be honest, I have absolutely no idea about menopause. Do you? The only thing I know about the menopause is that you get hot sweats mm-hmm. um, yeah. or hot flushes and, and you sweat a lot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably about it. So, yeah, I'm kind of where you are. I, I've heard bits and pieces, not entirely sure how accurate they are. Um, but, yeah, I'm li- really, really, really keen to find out exactly Same. what it's all about. We um, touched upon it very briefly during our discussion with Lenice um, when we were talking about periods, but also mm-hmm. a little bit when we were speaking to um, Wear Em Out Pants, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, but we obviously didn't go in depth and we did that specifically because we knew our guest today will be talking all about menopause. And our guest today is Karen Arthur. Karen Arthur. And she has a podcast um, called um, Menopause Whilst Black. She showed so us. She is just going to know everything. Um, so, yeah, I don't know really, like, that much about it. Like, mm. there's pre-menopause, or is it perimenopause? Perimenopause, which we keep saying that we're in, but again... Who's we? Know. Not me. Mm, <laughs> Hello. Okay, I'm, I'm sure you've mentioned it at some point. No, but no okay. I've, said, I've said I've had hot flushes, but that's not perimenopause. That's just um, me during around my period. I usually, the week before when I've got all the hormones, I get really hot. And I'm quite hot anyway. So that's why I don't usually wear like long sleeves or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But that's okay. about it. Okay. So we, as in me then, um, mm-hmm. often says that I am in perimenopause or approaching perimenopause. But yet okay. still, I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Who knows? Um, mm. So, yeah. That... What symptoms do you have that you think that you're in perimenopause? Memory loss. Oh. Quite severe. Short, in fact, short and long-term memory loss. Pretty rubbish all round. Um, <laughs> like just feeling, uh, so as I said, I think we talked about when we were um, chatting with Lenise, mm-hmm. my body is just doing its own thing right now. So whereas I thought I knew after oh. a certain amount of years of living in this body, how it <laughs> operated, now it's just gone off on one and it's doing its own thing. So I'm thinking that that might be related to it moving into the next stage. Right. You know I mean? Well, that's interesting. Mm, mm. So, yeah, those slight changes, just feeling like every day is a surprise, makes mm. me think, hmm, what's going on here? Women have to go through so much. Trust like, we have to understand our hormones, you have to be, recognize what our body's saying to us. Yeah. And then we have to deal with all the consequences of all of those changes throughout life. It's very annoying because obviously it's not the same all the time. Like the body we have as kids, obviously not the same. But then in your 20s and then your 30s. And now I'm in my 40s. I'm like, hold up. But you know what? I think I recognized the difference when I was like mid 30s. That's when it became even harder to avoid putting on weight. 
I think it's just like metabolism slowed down or something. And mm. in my 20s, if I wanted to shed a few pounds or whatever, it'd be so easy. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, nah, I'm mm. keeping hold of these roles. <laughs> you are not getting rid of them. It ain't about that life anymore. It's not the 90s. We're not doing um, Beyonce. Um, oh, was that Cayenne Pepper? Cayenne honey. Pepper, honey. Yeah. Um, those oh, kind of things anymore yeah. because it's not the 90s. Sort yeah. Of stuff. yeah. So, yeah, I, that's yeah. what I've noticed. But yeah. I don't think I'm at perimenopause stage as yet. I've got a few years to go, I think. I think. Wow. Is it like mid 40s or Typically. late 40s? Yeah, I think from 45, that's when they say that's average for, for women to start entering the menopause. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you've, you've got a little bit of time yet, hopefully. Um, okay. Or not. Yeah, true. Could just literally wake up tomorrow and be like, plow, <laughs> bam, bam, <laughs> in your face. <laughs> but hopefully there'll be a bit more uh-huh. warning. Karen will let us know some of the signs yeah, to look out for, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, I'm going to be prepared um, through the, the word of information, the, through the words of Karen Arthur. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you've, you've kind of got that tiny bit of experience now, plus the knowledge that Karen is going to drop and share with us. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> we're giving the knowledge. Women Who Rebrand, the podcast. Honest and humorous conversations about the transitional phases people experience to grow, start over, or rebrand to become their most authentic selves. Hosted by Sreet Fontaine and Chioma Olalei and features special guests who are professional rebranders. The podcast covers starting over at different stages of life, championing personal growth, aka a personal rebrand. Round. Just an explosion of colour. I would expect <laughs> absolutely nothing, nothing less. less. Exactly. Nothing less. What are you like? <laughs> Welcome, Karen Arthur. I have been excited about this episode. We were just saying before you joined that we don't really know much about menopause because it's kind of like one of those mm-hmm. hush hush situations maybe the generations before us um saw it as a private thing you don't talk about those things to anyone so that's kind of left everyone behind like no idea no idea what's ahead of me and what is to come so that's my reasons for um looking forward to this episode Mm. (laughs) yeah it's good to be here thank you for inviting me you're welcome and so karen just for the benefit Yo. of those people who haven't seen you plastered on billboards or on television or on social media, can you just tell us <laughs> who, who are you? Who's Karen Arthur? Uh, oh my God. I don't even know, you know. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So I was a teacher for t- almost three decades. Um, And then I moved across, I'm just going to gloss over some stuff, but I moved across to become what I call a fashion creative. And the reason I say that is because uh, when you say fashion designer, people have a specific view of that profession in that I just work with clothes and I don't just work with clothes. And I've, you know, I've um, 
done some artwork and I have a piece, a piece um, being exhibited in the Migration Museum in Lewisham and it, it just opens my direction out. So there's that. I'm a private sewing tutor. I teach people how to sew in my studio. Um, I am a, a late bloomer model. Um, so I was on the Specsavers ad and plastered all over billboards, as you said, and I'm in the recent E45 skincare ad, which was pretty cool, actually. Ooh. Um, oh, I know. And um, Matron. And um, what else do I do? I speak. I am a podcast host. Duh. I'm a podcast host. I run, I host Menopause Whilst Black, uh, which is a podcast. We're now halfway through our third season. And it is the first uh, podcast of its kind. It's black women, primarily based in the UK, chatting about all things menopause. And that's basically it. Uh, but it seems to be being very well received. And um, yeah, and I I suppose I'm, I don't know, any black person who goes against the norm become, suddenly becomes an activist. <laughs> so I seem to be, I know, right? So I seem to be, I'm being touted as an activist. You know, if that, if speaking up about things that are you're passionate about and you feel strongly about makes you an activist, then okay, I own that too. Yeah. So um, I think that's it. I love that. I'm a grandma. And a grandma. grandma. And a mother. And a grandma. Yeah, wow. no mommy. Do you know yeah, what? Yeah, Obviously, I know you personally and I love you so much, but you are the first out of my friends to be a grandma. That's like another. I'm I'm also the oldest out of your friends. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm like, There's can that. you claim that? Um, <laughs> maybe I don't know. But that's even another thing that I just wouldn't even know how to prepare. Like your children having children, having children <gasps> is crazy. I think I'd cry. It's crazy. <laughs> I would cry yeah, every day of joy. There have been tears and we've had, I've had to, I'm going to say we, but I think <laughs> I have had to sit with the realisation that my baby girl is a mother. Yes. And so, and not necessarily a mother with the same, let's say, parenting sky, style yeah. as I might have. Yeah. That's so that, na- re-navigating our relationship. Wow. Now that she is a mother, a very fantastic kick you know, mother, mm-hmm. um, has been, I'm going to say, interesting, but beautiful. Mm. Because we, in, in the same sense that there are things that my mother said to me years ago that I'm on, uh, only now landing, oh. you know, things that I now understand yeah. as a grandma. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing with my, do- my eldest daughter as well. There's this, because um, I have two daughters, there's this thing about, oh, right, that's why mm-hmm. wow. um, and we have another kind of layer to our relationship it's pretty cool actually totally <sighs> totally see this so, is a whole podcast episode in itself it is it really Definitely. is that relationship and that instinct I think is so interesting like you know when when we were younger and we thought we were slick and <laughs> we would like just tell little stories to our parents for example like that we've been a place and not b place and like now looking back <laughs> We know our parents clearly knew that we were just like like chatting for half. They knew, but they didn't let on that they knew. Mm, mine and... didn't. Because <laughs> we mine know didn't. when our kids are, are talking nonsense to us, we know. But like you know, you just let them let it slide because that's their rite of passage. They they have to go through that. 
So is it the, like, yeah. is there another layer of that when you've got a grandchild? Like, do you, does that um, intuition or connection, does it deepen even more? Do you, I don't know, I just... I don't know whether it's about intuition. I think certainly um, I'm finding out more about my own children's childhood. They're now 27 and 31. And what I love about their relationship, the two of them, is that if I don't know something, and often I don't know a lot of stuff <laughs> that they've been up to, one of them knows. So I, I never feel too worried about them because well, that's good. they always connect, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. And I have had to let go of my innate need to know every bloody thing about their lives, <laughs> this uh, is... which is a trait that my mother has and drives me potty. And now I realise that <laughs> I kind of, I do it as well, but I um, I know it's happening, whereas my mum's just like, well, Oblivious. why haven't you told me? <laughs> yeah. Why, do you know what I mean? I think this is whereas where... I am, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I'm more aware of um, when I'm... Get, what, what is it? My lower self, or whatever it's called, is, is, has come into play. My little demon, you know. This was my fear. I think I... not fear, but it's the it is the letting go. It's like you know when your kids are little and it's like they start walking. It's like okay, I'm not going to be helicopter mum. If they fall down, it's fine. But then it's it's times a million. It's times a million. Letting go of oh, child and their child and just letting them navigate through life because you're like, you have to learn. I cannot do it for you. But that's beautiful in a sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's like I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, cry. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. Letting go is hard. Mm. It's really hard. Mm. And I wouldn't go as far as to say I've completely done it. But my girls mm. have incredible boundaries. That's so they good. just tell me about myself. They just say it's none of your damn business that's or this isn't for you or we're not talking about that now or they change the subject. That's so it, wonderful. It's great. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I love that about them. <laughs> so it, um, I just think, well, what, but why? You know, I mean, there, there are times when they're having conversations. We were on holiday recently and the youngsters were having conversations and it became very clear to me that I had no fucking time. <laughs> Sorry, I saw no, it's okay, you're allowed on this podcast. I was no clue what they were talking about. I didn't know the references. <laughs> and I was like, right, <laughs> okay, I'm not cool and trendy and hip. And I just, I'm more to the point. I don't really care. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. But at first I was like, they could have been speaking a completely different language. Wow. It was just like, I was like, I think I'll go and sit with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Bless them. Bless them. <laughs> So you are here to talk about um, menopause and all of that jazz. Uh -huh. Yes, you are, my love. I believe Surprisingly it. enough. Um, so what are the main signs of menopause? Ah, uh, well, it doesn't work that way. Love. Oh, you thought no. you were going to get some slick answer, didn't oh, you? Oh, no. It's <laughs> like, like, right, here's a list. She's going to tell us how... <laughs> right, right, here's your list. She's going to tell us the things and then we go and do the things. <laughs> That's not how menopause works. Oh, I'm no. so sorry to disappoint you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. There are, okay, so, so there are three stages. So there's perimenopause, which is the foreplay, which can last up to 10 years, maybe longer. Wait, what did you just call it? Perimenopause. <laughs> foreplay. It's <laughs> yeah. like the bit before. It's just not fun. You know. <laughs> what? You know, uh, and that prepares you for... So that can start any time from your mid-40s in many women um, upwards. 
Um, but for some women, it can start much earlier. And some women have premature ovarian um, deficiency, which basically means that they start much, much earlier and some people can start in their teens. But most women start to notice, you know, things happening, which is basically your oestrogen slowly leaving your body. And oestrogen is something that affects... It, it, it has so much um, so much of a hold on our body that when it starts to leave, it can affect your hair, everything from the top of your, you know, from your hair right down to the skin on your toes. So, um, but we don't realise this because we're never taught this. So it starts to slowly leave the building, but it doesn't go quietly. It has a little bit of party on the way, uh, you know, and it knocks things over and it, you know, so it can affect you by making you forget things um they call it brain fog yeah right it can well i i am aware that both of you are you know have just hit so yeah there's that um and um you can feel slightly lost you can feel like you're you're not yourself you can have less tolerance um for bullshitters you can get angry with people if you work in a if you work in a, in a your job with other people, I mean, I'm just like raising my hand <laughs> all the time. Um, and things like you, um, and then we go through menopause and menopause typically, and menopause is characterized by the moment you have gone 12 months, 12 consecutive months. You can't have two there and four there, you know, uh, without your period. And you can go for 11 months and I don't know, 28 days and then get a period again, and you have to start again. So there's that. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that your periods also don't go without a fight. So you might find that you, I know, I'm really sorry to oh. anybody listening to this, <laughs> but I, I want to say that um, I am living proof that uh, menopause is not all bad. And so I do, whilst I recognise that some people listening to this and finding out for the first time about menopause, this may be scary. I also want to add that there are also ways that you can make this a lot easier for yourself. Right. Um, and that way is by paying attention to your body and not, um, I want to say self-medicating. So I'm talking about smoking, drinking a lot. Um, don't make a face, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So um, and then postmenopause. So postmenopause is the bit afterwards. And people know menopause by the physical symptoms. So your hot flushes. It's always been a big joke about hot flushes. Oh, they're just you know you get really really hot. You, you you feel like you've got too many layers on. You can go red. You feel everybody's looking at you, and it's a whoosh of heat. And women, people who experience menopause have that in different ways as well. Mm. But there are lots of people who have barely any um, menopause symptoms or there are lots of people who have different menopause symptoms. And because the research is sparse, it's getting better, obviously, because it feels to me like everybody's talking about menopause now, including us. Um, <laughs> there's so little research that actually you wouldn't necessarily know if something that you're going through is down to perimenopause or menopause or not. So that's why mm. it's so important to be aware of, I don't know, sometimes your allergies change. I had an anaphylactic shock from um, eating nuts and uh, with sulfur, mm. dioxide, you know, preservative on them in my what? late 30s, which I now recognise wow. 
because all of my knowledge about my own menopause is in retrospect. I now recognise may have yeah. been the start of perimenopause. And I say that because up until that point, I was the person fighting for the Brazil nuts in the in the <laughs> Christmas pack and, you know, and eating whole nuts, and, you know, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I was the one who stole the cracker that you, did you, did you, did you have one of those crackers that you crack with mm-hmm. nuts? Mm-hmm. Tried to get oh, out yeah. Of hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's anyway, a Christmas thing for I was that us. person. Yeah. I was that person. And then next thing you know, I'm in hospital on a ventilator uh, because I've had this, you know, trail mix thing. And I've, and I've, you know, had this massive shock and everything swollen up and I got welts. It was joyful. Wow. <laughs> we so were just saying that before. within your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, we were just saying on. that before you came on. It's like, um, my body, I'm not, I haven't started perimenopause yet. Um, but I have noticed significantly the changes that my body has done over years, like um, even like weights and stuff like that in my twenties, I could snap back if I wanted to. Um, I just didn't mm-hmm. want to. But now I'm like, it's going to take a little bit more effort. I don't. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. So stuff like that. Um, and yeah, just the way thinking so and the brain. There's so fog. much. There's so mm. much. Fatigue, mm. getting tired, particularly tired <sighs> in the afternoons, perhaps. Um, not like you say, not being able to snap back. Your body start you start to store weight. Um, you lose weight less easily, mm. um, especially around our middle, which means we come more susceptible. <laughs> diabetes, diabetes, and you know, susceptible to bone disease, dry oh, wow. vaginas, guys. It's, yeah, it's that's fun a thing. and games. But, I need to but, say silver lining, please. You melt into a heap, you know, you're like going down. <laughs> I need to say that um there are lots of things you can do to help yourself. Um and one of those things, as I said before, is the stuff that they tell you at school when they tell you to eat five a day and exercise healthy mm. and all that kind of the stuff that we ignore the minute we leave school. You know, <laughs> it's that stuff. So it mm. is watching your alcohol intake. For me, um, drinking alcohol brought on hot flushes, like within, I could literally go three, two, one, whoosh. So that meant that I um, lowered my alcohol intake. Smoking Mm -hmm. is a big thing, you know, including vaping, because vaping, you know, has, uh, they have a little bit of nicotine in there as well. I I hate to be a downer, but we kind of know this stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And exercising. And I will say about exercise, see, I have dance training. So I did a performing arts degree and I taught dance for 17 years in schools. Mm -hmm. And I love to dance and all that stuff. Dance, I would say, is my first love. So I've always exercised. I've always stretched. I've always done some kind of yoga. I've always done something. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that as I get older, there's stuff I just don't like to do. And then there's other stuff I think, oh, so I've started running. Whereas in my my thirty year old self is side eyeing my sixty year old self. Why would you want to do that? That's boring. <laughs> Whereas now I've spent a lot of money on two pairs of trainers that I would normally spend money on. I don't know a holiday or something. Yeah. Um, because the trainer bit is important, and mm. you know I'm I'm trying to protect my body and all that kind of stuff, and I don't want to injure myself. I found that helps. I've also found that. 
my stretching over the years has helped me. So I feel like yoga is a good, but my point is that you choose what you love. So mm. some people are skate. There's a lot of people who started to skate in lockdown. Did you guys start to skate in lockdown? Well, well did you? behind yeah. me is and, a pair skating? of skates. Oh, go on. C has. I think oh, yeah. bought no. skates. Are you still skating? Uh, so my, I, I got skills. my, I got them bought for me for my forty third birthday, I think, and um, so immediately I went out. I thought you were forty. That's me. I thought you were forty. I look. I you were both 30. You do. Yeah, I'm not. You absolutely 40. Do. I'm forty. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Um, but bless you, Karen. Oh, love you, friend. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got bought them. Went out about three times during lockdown, fell over, bruised my bum, like took about six weeks to heal. And, um, and then subsequently bought a pair for my youngest. And we are now going to be going skating together. And um, I'm hoping that we'll learn. Well, I think we're going to get lessons actually. Yes. So we can do it properly. Love skating. Love the idea of skating. Let me me correct myself. So I'm hoping to love skating as much as I love the idea. And I bought yeah, skates. My point is you choose what you love. You yes. bought skates. I bought skates. I tried them. Well, no, I They're tried them. <laughs> they do look very pretty. Um, I bought them, <laughs> tried them, and I was like, do you know what? This is actually hard, and I don't want to hurt myself. I've got that. I this don't like hurting thing. myself. And I know you have to get past that. So yeah. I'm going to take lessons. It's yeah. on the list. It's I... on the list. I'm not going to buy skates. I'm not <laughs> going to take lessons. I have no. I have lots of friends who started skating. A good friend, a friend um, who sang at my party actually, Khadija. She uh. started skating during the first lockdown, and is now. And last weekend was running a whole entire workshop for people wow. at South Bank, um, oh, which is inc- which was incredible. Wow. Yeah, so she has completely kind of taking it up as well mm. me no i'm too scared of falling over yeah i'm not that woman yeah i'll jump off boats i just won't skate <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's levels. yeah 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 there's definitely levels <laughs> so, so yeah there's a lot that can happen and don't assume that don't just think oh it's just because i'm getting old mm. and dismiss it because mm. the sooner you recognise, oh, this could be perimenopause, mm-hmm. the sooner you can start to take steps, whether that's going to the doctors, whether that's um, looking at your diet, whether that's upping your exercise game, whether that's telling, putting some boundaries in place with people who always expect you to do things that you do resentfully, uh, all of that, all of that, all of that that's when it's a good time to start. Well, it's good to start that before, but hey. So you've talked about doing all the stuff that we know we should be doing anyway, eating healthily, doing exercise, not drinking or smoking excessively or at all, depending (laughs) on your situation. Um, But what else is there that we can do to, um, for those of us who maybe like a little bit of, advice and and want to do something involving medicine we want to go to the doctor we want to get a quick fix oh what is what's available I'm for, sorry. For... <laughs> i was like what are you sure about what are you talking like that <laughs> you mean hrt you mean hormone well, replacement therapy even, <laughs> even in, perimenopause, in perimenopause okay. so once 
once you've started noticing some of those signs and symptoms, but you're not in full menopause, you're still getting a period. But what what mm. else can people do, like therapies or medication, to help? Right. Well, like I said, there's so much. And it is down, everybody's menopause journey is different. This is the problem. Mm. So just because, you know, I might be suffering from hot flushes, experiencing hot flushes, sorry, doesn't mean the next person will. Just because you might end up drenching your sheets because you're having night sweats every night and you can't sleep doesn't mean I certainly didn't have night sweats. You know, I had tingly legs. That was one of my first symptoms. Mm. I thought I was dying. <laughs> you know, I, and, and that was seven years ago when no one was talking about menopause and certainly no one who looked like me, you know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, so there are lots of herbal remedies. There are lots of supplements. But there are various camps who will debunk the other camp right. based on, you know, because, you know, menopause is money. Menopausal women have the most money. So, of course, brands are falling over themselves. You know, there's menopause, um, out, there's menopause uh, clothing. What the fuck is that? What is that? Yeah, what you is know, that? <laughs> menopause clothing. There's a well-known high street fashion brand who approached me who I just turned around and said, what on God's green earth is menopause clothing? Because they wanted me to model his clothing. And basically it's like layers of cool, cooling wear. Well, just wear bloody cotton or linen or... Yeah. Wear well, layers. Wear. I mean, why would you... <laughs> right, right, right. So, and there, and every, you know, you'll, you'll turn around and hear about menopause workplace policies, which I think are a brilliant idea, if they are more than just a policy if they're not just there to stop you getting sued but if they're there to help the people you work with I think everybody should have a menopause policy workplace policy but as I say it can't be just something you pay lip service to it needs to be something that was written by and for the people who are experiencing it Karen we're going to talk about that um, then later on to so save oh exciting save. I'm saving my thoughts <laughs> so remedy wise Yes, there's hormone replacement therapy. There's a lot of kerfuffle and hoo-ha today, actually, in The Guardian or yesterday because um, there's arguments around doctors saying that we shouldn't be calling menopause a hormone deficiency. It's hormone depletion mm. and stop medicalizing mm. menopause because it can make women feel anxious and feel that the only way they can treat it is by hormone replacement therapy. Right. right. I would say... Hormone, hormone replacement, I take hormone replacement therapy, by the way, um, which is basically um, estrogen, progesterone, and I also take um, testosterone, which is um, controversial because people think that testosterone is just for men, but women mm. need testosterone as well, um, and it can affect things like your fatigue, your mental acuity, remembering things, and it's not for everyone, mm. you know. The take-up of hormone replacement therapy in this country by women who can take it, because there are women who can't take HRT because they've had uh, breast cancer, for example, or they may have other health issues, mm -hmm. is 15%. And that's <gasps> gone up since the last two years. 15%. No and way. I will add that only 8% of them are black women, are women of colour. 
Wow. And that, I think that's down to education. I think it's down to not knowing enough, as well as not wanting to take it. I get that. Mm. So um, there's a lot of, you know, arguments and debates at the moment in the news about what we should call menopause. You know what? Call it what you like, <laughs> but make sure that you get the treatment that works for you. And also be patient because these things take time to settle. They take time to work. They might not work for you. You might hate it. I started taking hormone replacement therapy because of the research around how it may benefit uh, you um, not getting osteoporosis, which is really hard to say, and heart disease and Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is the thing that really freaks me out. But you know what? I am postmenopausal, and I think the window of opportunity for it to be beneficial is something like 10 years after your last period. But I also took it thinking, well, if I don't like it or if it doesn't suit me or I have, you know, what, whatever, I can change my mind. It's, it's fine. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's for me. But that doesn't mean you should, you know. Mm. But they're saying that to get the best benefit, the people who advocate for hormone replacement therapy say to get the best benefit, it's good to start it in during perimenopause. So this right. is all new, up-to-date research, which isn't the old 2002 research, which basically said that, you know, HRT gives you breast cancer, which is not true mm. and has been debunked. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of information. I'm going to pause because I feel like anybody listening listening is going to be going oh my god may as well give up now and honestly menopause is liberating honestly it's once you get a handle on your own care it's fucking great man aging is a privilege anyway yeah so you know when you say menopause i'm down for it is that the whole the all the symptoms and everything because you said after menopause post-menopause so what is that that just you have this so, menopause and then your life starts again as like a refresh, re, reboot. Well, post-menopause literally means just after menopause. It means after, menopause is like one day. It's like the day that you've had no periods for 12 months. So I don't know why it's, you know, that um. thing. But I, I feel um, post-menopause is just afterwards. And, I, and afterwards you're aging as well. So I say liberating because my mind is freer. I know myself better than I ever did. I'm possibly, I wouldn't say fitter than I ever was, but certainly pretty fit for a 60-year-old. And I don't mean looks, I mean, oh, they all go too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, look at them looks, yes, girl. <laughs> but just generally knowing, no, only doing things that I like doing, only saying yes to things I like doing, only being around and sharing energy with people I want to be around and burn everything else. And I, I recognize that not everybody can do that, mm-hmm. but you can start to work towards it. Mm-hmm. And that includes, I will say, looking at your circle, looking at the friends whose energy no longer serves you. It sounds a bit woo-woo, but I know you guys no. know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Uh, people who always are negative, bring negativity into the room, the virtual room. And also people who expect you to continue to do things that you don't want to do based on the fact that you've always done them. Mm. If people treat you the way 
that you allow them to treat you. Amen. So how are they going to know you don't want to do something if you're just slamming things around and being passive aggressive? Mm-hmm. If you say, actually, no, and you feel and you don't feel that silence, well, they look at you going, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know. And come up with excuses. Yeah, come on. Oh, well, I'm sorry, but I yeah. can't. Uh, you just, or, you know, if you're absolutely honest, I don't want to do that. And it sounds really harsh. And Nat, my good, good homie, Nat Lou, oh. has written a book that's coming out um, in on October the 4th, I think, uh, which is called The Joy of Saying No. And it's going to bloody sell out because it's, but also on her blog and on her um, Instagram account, and all that kind of stuff, being able to say no, which doesn't sound so harsh, but it is basically, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to say, I'm not doing it because no is a full sentence. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have been socialized to add, to put sorry before it, and then all of this stuff afterwards. Or just lie. <laughs> I'm washing my hair. Yeah. And I think that's worse. I often say, I don't out. have the bandwidth. Oh, I like that one. I often say, I don't have the bandwidth because it's true. Like, mm. for example, today, I haven't left my house. Well, I went out in the garden. Um, I don't really, I mean, I was supposed to see someone and it's, it's, that's not happening. And you know, you know that thing where people cancel things and you're like, yes, it's one of those situations, <laughs> one of those, but I got, I did give her a massive get out clause and she took it, but I, I, but that's because yesterday I was running around like a blue ass line doing all the stuff and on the Elizabeth line and meeting my daughter and today I just need quiet. And then tomorrow mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be meeting people and, you know, so I I I recognise that it's okay to just yeah slow down, you know, and have that time for yeah. you. You're allowed to have time for you. Yeah, <laughs> straight up stop, rest, collapse, mm. lay like broccoli. <laughs> lay like broccoli. <laughs> have you? My favourite problematic film, Pretty Woman. Oh, <laughs> in the bath Gosh. with the champagne. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> have, you, um, have you seen a shift in how black women are talking about menopause since you have started your podcast, Menopause Whilst Black? I would say yes in that. Okay, that's a difficult, it's difficult to answer that question simply because I talk about menopause all the time. So, and people know I talk about menopause, so they ask me to talk about menopause. Mm-hmm. That's important. However... I am, it's like learning a new word. When you learn a new word, you see it everywhere. So I'm finding that in my circle, certainly on my other Instagram account, Menopause Whilst Black, and there are more podcasts, for example, there's, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called, Menstruation to Menopause, which is is like talking about menopause, but through music, which is pretty cool. I don't mean lyrics about periods. (laughs) I mean, I mean, Guess cho- it would guess choosing uh, um, music and tunes from that when they started menstruation, which I think is oh, pretty cool. interesting. And there's another one called Black Mellow and Beyond, which is a black woman who's talking to all sorts of women uh, who people who experience menopause, because we have to remember that not all people who experience menopause are now women. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's um, there's more talk, but there needs to be so much more. Because there are so many women who, for all sorts of reasons, do not want to talk about menopause because of the links between two reasons. One, why would you? 
my mum didn't talk about it. Why would I talk about it? And two, it's linked with age. If you know I'm menopausal, then you know roughly what my age is. And if I'm not young anymore, how am I desirable? How am I relevant? How am I sexy? All of that, all of mm-hmm. that, all of that. And that, my friends, is patriarchy. Thank you all. <laughs> it comes into every single episode. It's, it's funny. It just, per- I mean, it permeates our lives. Patriarchy yeah. and capitalism, which I guess falls out of patriarchy. But yeah, it's, it's unavoidable at this point in time. Mm. So we need to just do what we can to combat it. And uh, Karen, and you're I, I think. Us. I am assisting you. I think the reason I bang on about it is because I'm passionate about it. Also, I started talking about menopause. I made a conscious decision. I actually wrote this in my journal. I wanted to be, when people thought about black women menopause, I wanted them to think about me and I wanted to, me to be more visible. And, you know, the universe has a sense of humour because like months later I was on billboards, <laughs> you know, advertising specs you manifested that girl you know what are you gonna do (laughs) literally but I I I talk about it because the more because I don't want women specifically black women uh to go through what I went through and feel utterly alone Mm. I I mean I now realize that I my anxiety and depression diagnosis was linked to you know entering menopause I'd Mm. had a chip perimenopause but I was so busy putting all my all into my teaching job and trying not to lose my house that I didn't see the meteorite that was winging its way to you know hurtling towards me um and so I ended up leaving my job and leaving my teaching career behind which at the time was devastating because mm. I never thought I'd leave teaching I loved teaching I just wasn't in love with the system but now realise it was the best thing that could have happened because otherwise I wouldn't be here chatting to you and I wouldn't have my podcast and stuff that wouldn't have happened, you know? So I feel like the more people who speak up from all sections of society and talk to men and boys and children and it's just a thing that we talk about, it will mean that, one, you don't feel alone, two, you're able to receive the care that you need for your journey and three, the world would be a better place. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So what you've said there is it's really making me think because the, the fact that you your anxiety and depression came on around the same time as the menopause journey, it makes me think, you know, we've got lots of young girls who start secondary school and that kind of often coincides with their menstruation starting and then you've got a rise in anxiety and depression amongst that age group as well I don't know this is just something that I'm thinking about off the top of my head but those hormonal changes is there any research that you're aware of that shows that they are linked to our mental health and that there should be more support around that specifically those points in time well, our fluctuating hormones happen around puberty and they also happen around perimenopause. So that that's kind of a no-brainer. Is there research? The research is being done, I would say, mm. um, more and more so. The research needs to be more nuanced around different uh, ethnicities. Um, but, you know, we're, we're getting there. Mm. I, I interviewed someone yesterday for the podcast, a doctor, and she was talking about um, the the people who were doing the research are now specifically looking for 
different ethnicities and being much more Good. mindful about making sure we get everybody involved because often with research it's only as good as the people who were researched and yes. often those people aren't a mixture let's just say because those people writing the questions aren't looking for them yes they're, they're not looking for us mm. yes. so so there's that the other thing that goes on is that black folks are understandably have a healthy distrust let's just say mm -hmm. of um certainly the medical profession mm -hmm. and so when there's research going on we're not necessarily going to volunteer ourselves True. You know, uh, because we have been experimented on over hundreds of years against our will and against without our consent so why mm. would we do that now mm. you know so i it's a you know it, it's a difficult one but i would say get involved i would say just ask questions find out where that research is going make sure that you know that you can opt out at any time um especially if it's physical research volunteering that kind of thing um find out what your data is going to be used for all of that will be very explicit if the research is you know um legit and and let's fill this stuff out often they take five minutes mm. you know but um you know there's there's a lot to be done but we're starting to have the conversation so the answer to your question about more black women speaking yes but I need to say something about black women and menopause, which is that we are more likely to start menopause up to two years earlier than our white counterparts. Sorry mm. to break it to you. Um, and we are more likely to suffer for longer from physical symptoms such as hot flushes. Right. Now, there is no research as to why that is. But I'm going to chuck something else at you that's not going to make you feel very happy. Uh oh. <laughs> so there's something, there was a woman called Arlene Geronimus, who in the, I want to say 90s, but it was probably before, but you can look her up, did some research around, basically, she wanted to know why her black counterparts were dying quicker than her white counterparts, even though they had the same socioeconomic background, mm -hmm. had, had the same, you know, did the same things, hung out at the same place, that kind of thing. And she came up with this research, which is all over the internet, around something called racial weathering, which is about the effect, the physical effect that experiencing, knowing about, reading about, living through racism can have on our bodies. All sorts, so that will be heart disease, that will be, you know, heart attacks, that will be all sorts of things. Um, including menopause. Now, there is no research to link these two things. So I've just done that for you. But <laughs> to me, it's a no bloody brainer. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying to black women in particular, we need to look after ourselves because we, you don't know. It's not like you can have a stressful day at work. You know it's stressful. But when we turn on the news and bloody Boris, lots of swear word Johnson is or pretty... Oh, that lots of swear too. words. That one mm. are banging on about Rwanda, or Tony Sewell is telling us that there's no racism in Britain. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you know that stuff. It layers upon layers upon layers of racism. Mm. We need to look after ourselves. Mm. We need to take control of the stuff we can take control of and rest. Step away say no because all of this has an effect on our physiology and our physical well-being mm -hmm.
Exactly. Do you know what? The first time I ever heard about the, see, there's always been medical journals and stuff like that. When I was pregnant, each time they're like, oh, you're going to have a big baby. Oh, measuring. And obviously using that data with the data they have in their books. Lo and behold, where did they get that data from? No one that looks like me. So they're comparing all my stats to women white women who don't have the same background don't have the same body shape don't doesn't retain um fat the same way etc etc and i'm told i've got a big baby none of my kids were big and it wasn't actually it was until a doctor explained he was like you know what i very much doubt your doctor your baby's big um this is why and i was like i was mind blown but it makes sense because look they're not gonna do the, the first research is men Obviously, they can't test. If they could give you data, if a man, they would in pregnancy, yeah. they would. Yeah. But lo and behold, they're not going to do that. So then it's white women. And then everyone next, if they are even asked, yeah. like you said. Specific. But yeah, it goes deeper yeah. than that. Because like you said, the trust and um, all of that, what they can do with my data. We've been tested on before. Don't trust them. And, and we know that. I mean, it's documented, it's in the news that the health outcomes for uh, black folks are, whether it's COVID, whether it's maternity death rates, they're worse. Mm. And by like four times worse. And, you know, so I don't understand why that would be different for menopause. We have to take control of our own health. Mm. That means we advocate for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We take people with us to the doctors if we can. We don't think, oh, I can't bother anybody or I don't want to bother them we don't blanketly blanketly not a word is now (laughs) um kind of take the first thing that said is it if it doesn't feel right to us once you know your body do you understand when you you will know when things are not quite right and that's why I say about uh taking someone with you I I will go to the doctors or to the hospital with my children who are you know, in their 30s, 27 and 30, because 31, because um, they're like, oh, you're busy. No, I'm going. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm just sitting there, mm. you know, which obviously I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but it is important. But it's important mm-hmm. because we are not believed. We are often, sorry, mm-hmm. not believed. Mm-hmm. And so there is that peace of mind of knowing that, if I forget to say something or if my daughter or my friend forgets to say something, I will say something. Yeah. So that's do your research, talk to your mates, start the conversation. I don't mean you need to go and read medical journals unless that's your thing, <laughs> but certainly. Um, and then apply that to your own personal situation. Mm. That's a lot of preaching, but I feel yes. you've got me on my topic, innit? Yeah, that's what you're here to do, Karen. It's what you're here to do. <laughs> mm. Gosh. Right, so we know all of that. We've got a lot of work that we need to do for ourselves to help us to get through menopause when it arrives um, and perimenopause, which I'm probably in, and postmenopause. But we know, look at you, Lady Joy, like we know how great your life is. So can our menopause years be the best years of our lives? Well, I'll say absolutely. Absolutely. 100 percent um i need to say something about living our best lives and you know 
don't believe everything you see on Instagram is the first thing. Oh, wow. I learned right. that lesson the hard <laughs> right. way. Wow. Right. <laughs> right. So that's number one. People think that living your best life is, you know, cruising around in a soft top or drinking champagne out of shoes or whatever floats your boat. That sounds really disgusting, actually. But anyway, um, what I mean by living my best life is having the freedom to choose where I want to be, who I want to be with, that kind of thing. And that's come about, you know, through a series of things. Also, the biggest thing has been my letting go of my, it's called scarcity mindset, assuming that everything's going to go wrong when I have no actual evidence that anything would go wrong. I just made that shit up, you know, storytelling for myself. And also letting go of, also recognising the value I add the, the the what I bring to the table, which is a lot, yeah. you know, and so not accepting. When I left teaching, I was so scared of losing my house. God, I would do any type of, I would do jo- not any type of job. Let's be clear. <laughs> I used to take jobs that I hated. Yeah, I used to take jobs that I hated, or that didn't serve me. Uh, one of which was alterations, which I need to say here and now, I fucking hate them. Okay. Oh. Don't like altering other people's clothes. Oh, alterations. No, alterations. When I need to take no. my trousers up because I'm sure. Yeah, that kind that's of thing. a no. Okay, mm-hmm. that's okay. a no. Mm-hmm. And also, I did a lot of supply teaching, which isn't, wasn't, sorry, all it's cracked up to be. Someone, some people love supply teaching. Supply teaching? Um, <sighs> yeah, when so is that cracked up to be anything other than like the worst thing ever? Like, well, what? I suppose there's, there's the freedom of not <sighs> having to do certain things. And more but... money? No, it's less no. money. It's less, less money. money. But I just yeah. remember being in school and no one took supply teachers seriously. At unless, no, not at all. At all. Did I. Unless you were one of those scary ones. <laughs> we made our cry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we made us cry. See? We were in sets. We were in sets at school, <sighs> and I was in the top set for some, some um, what's the word? Lessons mm-hmm. words. And um, yeah, we, I prided myself when I was younger. I don't pride it now, obviously. <laughs> oh, no. Making this poor teacher cry. Come on! <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. And going back in school, ran out the room. Oh, it was awful. Gosh. Which is why, when I became a teacher, and the, I bonded with the kids who were absolute yeah. nightmares, because I remember I was—I mean, I wasn't a nightmare, but I was—I wasn't a walk in the park. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, is that the moment I decided, and again, that was journaling, conscious decision. I'm no longer doing jobs I don't like, and I let go of my fear of losing my house that I'd made up. Things started to. I don't like the word manifest because it assumes that I just waved a wand and yeah. it happened. Because I did do put things in place, but certainly I started. I you know I had started my fashion you know career so to speak, and I had five months of nothing. I didn't get any clients, mm. and I'm busy faking it till I make it, you know, and making things and doing tutorials and all that kind of stuff. But no one was coming near me, and then someone did. And then someone else did. And then, do you see? Yeah. So it was a mindset. It was here. But I think that when you choose, you make decisions about the way in which you show up. And you are very mindful of how it aligns with what you want to do. 
So you're truthful to yourself. I promised myself that I would be honest with others, but mostly because we really do try to fool ourselves. Mostly honest with myself. What are my motives here? Is this my ego showing up? Do I want to do this because I'm going to get kudos and look good? Or do I want to do this because it'll be fun? I went to a casting yesterday and I woke up feeling quite anxious about it. But I'd said yes to do it because it involved dancing and I really love dancing. And I had to kind of have a word for myself. And I was like, okay, are you going to this? Are you anxious about being making a fool of yourself and being shown up and feeling embarrassed, in which case get over yourself? <laughs> or is or is this something else? Is this because you're being pushed out of your comfort zone and you don't want to go there? And it was the latter. And I was like, well, if I turn up to something and I have a good time and it's something I haven't done before and it's fun and it was fun, um, then I've, I've lost nothing. And then I go on about my day. So I feel like there's something to be said for honouring your truth. Eh. <laughs> that is true, though. <laughs> uh, that's why I paused. I thought, are you going to say something really wanky now? You're going to do it, aren't you? So cliche, and it came out. And now I've said it, and you're not going to edit it out. No, I'm not. Because it was a mic drop moment and a moment of truth, Karen. <laughs> No, but we do lie to ourselves. We do. Yes. We absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Or we mask. We we are yes. so not in touch with what's really going on that we think one thing is anxiety, but actually it's because you don't want to step out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're scared. Mm-hmm. 100%. Of the unknown and all that kind of stuff. So um, I've done a lot of stepping out of my comfort Good. zone. But, and guess what? I'm still here. Exactly. And you can only grow. <laughs> you can't just stay like this in the middle you have to not push supposed yourself because how else are you yeah. supposed to have those experiences and determine whether you liked it or not you're never going to know if you liked it or not oh if you don't God. do it you can't just say i know i won't like exactly. it exactly you tried and i've done so many things over the last i'm going to say three years two or three years coming from a place of oh never done that before i'll try that that's how i got the spec savers oh amazing yeah you know, so i thought oh i'll do that That'll be fun. It's great. I got free stuff. I was called the talent. I yeah. loved it. And then it came out. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Everywhere. We are literally. I you, I'm in Colchester, Essex, where let's just say not a lot goes on compared to London. But there's me walking past Spectators. There's Karen! Under the bridge, under the station. There's Karen! Yeah, you were literally under every it station. Was a lot. Um, I love it. Ever, it's ever very funny. As well. You were under that station for, for a period of time. I've got a lot of uh, WhatsApp and pictures mm. of people next to going mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cute it's great and, it. and and you know, it's exciting it's you know the whole kind of older black woman silver locks oh, you know smiling at everybody I'm here for that man I'm totally here for that because it. I didn't grow up or who did I grow up seeing oh. Shirley bloody Bassey yeah <laughs> she's great don't get me wrong but yeah she's she's still alive right I was going to say, no one in the UK (laughs) is all American. American people. I hope she is. She is, she is. Please be alive, Shirley. (laughs) I'll find out and then I'll see if she's, um, I'll see if I'll edit that bit out. (laughs) And it's Dame Shirley, put some respect on her name, please. Oh Oh. my God, yes. Yes, diamonds are forever, darling. (laughs) Join the Women Who Rebrand community on Instagram. 
we'll share episode reminders, behind the scenes footage, conversations about episode topics from other creatives and more. Join the conversation at Women Rebranded. What in the world? Right, so you've already started talking about this. We had to stop you, Karen. But um, <laughs> Lindsay Hoyle, Speaker of the House of Commons, has recently said that he's going to be making the House of Commons a menopause-friendly workplace because he wants to create this open culture around menopause, support people who are affected, you know, break all the taboos, just like they did with mental health issues, apparently. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so it's off the back of some research that's been done by the Fawcett Society, which um, you were probably involved with because that was um, Davina McCall's thing, right? And uh, so more than 4,000 people were, were surveyed and hopefully very diverse, representative bunch of people. Um, and the Wellbeing of Women um, report, which... Um, found that 900,000 women have had to quit their jobs because of the menopause. It, it's it's incredible, right? All, all of these things that are going on around the menopause in the workplace. So the House of Commons, of all places, is going to be menopause friendly. Is it possible to have a menopause friendly workplace? Is it possible in the House of Commons? And is this a genuine step in the right direction? Over to you. I'm going to come from a place of optimism and say that it is coming from a place of optimism. But I'm going to add, I'm going to add, oh man, that, you know, it's very trendy to talk about menopause now. You know, so, you know, I don't know much about how people work in the House of Commons, but I presume they work really long hours. And I presume it's not very women friendly. And there aren't, there are less women in MPs than there are men and that kind of stuff but I feel it is a step in the right direction listen you know the summer of 2020 black square summer Mm -hmm. I remember (laughs) when didn't Keir Starmer take a knee at one point I mean it's just embarrassing it's fucking embarrassing right so remember when everybody fell over themselves to solidarity for Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. How long did that last? Did it get to October? Did it get to Black History Month? I don't think it did. Oh, not even. So people, pe- people were pledging things and people were, you know, a lot of performative action, lots of books next to cups of coffee on Instagram. <laughs> we know the book. I am no longer talking. <laughs> and all of that. And then, and all these workplaces pledging allegiance to Black Lives Matter. And then it all went very quiet. Now menopause has come up and well, presumably the money that they were going to spend on Black Lives Matter is being menopause. <laughs> <laughs> because really and truly, you know, so I, you, you know what? I think menopause workplace policies are a bloody brilliant idea. I think they're long overdue. But I, I, we have to be mindful of the fact that they need to serve the people they're supposed to serve and not be, as I probably said before, that you've probably cut out whatever, a tick box exercise or a, oh, we've done it now. Let's do something else. I also think that menopause workplace policies need to be nuanced. All those women who are menopausal, all those black women who you know are menopausal, how are you? They're, do their lives matter too? 
So mm-hmm. how is it nuanced? How has it taken um, trans people? Has it taken LGBT people? Has it taken black people, South Asian people, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? How are you doing that? You know, if you're not thinking about it, how are you going to help? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I feel like, um, yes, of course, they're a great idea. But for some, they may be, oh, we've done that. Look at us, how great we are. We've done this now. Yay. Mm. And then we move on to the you know, next thing. Yeah. yeah. Next month, awareness month. So I, I, plus it's that bloody government, isn't it? Sorry, I've got nothing good to say about them. Who so. does? Not me. <laughs> Not I. <laughs> <laughs> not I <laughs> so you need to superimpose Karen's what's it bun the Tories t-shirt oh yeah at this point <laughs> I should have worn it I should have uh... worn it I will say also that the Fawcett Society are absolutely brilliant and I went to uh what did I go I went to the House of Parliament on Monday for the launch of the menopause mandate which is Mariella Fostrup and Davina McCall and some other celebrity people uh, making a big noise about menopause education uh, caused a little bit of controversy because um, a grassroots campaigner, uh, Diane Dunsbrick, wasn't there. And she also has been campaigning for menopause in education, menopause, you know, care for all that kind of thing for years. Um, that said, the, force, the menopause mandate thing that happened on Monday, because there are a lot of celebrities involved, obviously it got a lot of traction. So mm-hmm. I say that if everybody's talking about it, that is a good thing. And the Fawcett Society did a talk and they told us a few of their findings. I think they are trying so hard to get it right and to get as much research as possible. Um, and that report is incredible and worrying and scary and all the rest of it. But it does mean that you know, my children, millennials, gen, whatever they're called, the people, women coming up uh, and people are learning about menopause. So it will become a point where they'll turn around and go, what, you had to fight yeah. for menopause mm. care? Yeah, it will just be a normal thing. Mm. You know, every it won't just be old women talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know. Mm. It's, and it's interesting um, you talking about the use of celebrities in this campaign and how important it was just to get the the word out, despite the fact that they did miss out that grassroots campaigner. Um, and hopefully they'll rectify that in the future. Cause... I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I, sorry to stop you. But um, I do know that she has a petition up if you put Make Menopause Matter into Google or hashtag Make Menopause Matter. Her her petition, which is about uh, menopause care for all, doctors being educated in menopause and menopause in schools, which she got, which has happened, has 200,000 signatures. So she's done a lot of work. She's done it all on her own and she's not a celebrity. That said, if Davina McCall and Pelly Lancaster and Mariella Frustrup and Frustrup, Frustrup and lots of other women who are in the public eye are also going to stand up and say, well, we live in a society that takes notice of women like that. And yes, there's a lot of white women, but you know what? Oh, let's all get involved. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm there. I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So after all the talk, after everything, and I'm sure everyone's just going to be like, I'm actually quite excited to start menopause now because that's how my brain works. 
<laughs> do you have any advice for someone who might be listening to this and like, do you know what? Shit. Um, I don't know. You know, do you have any advice for someone who might be a bit worried about starting menopause? Oh, first of all, don't worry. Don't worry. I, I really didn't, don't want to scare anybody, but I would say a couple of things. I would say, talk to someone about it. Um, if your mother's still around and you have a good relationship with her, it's worth having a chat with her. She might not want to talk about it. Or she might say, why, why are you talking to me? What are you talking about? Everybody does it, you know, all that kind of stuff. But she might welcome the conversation. Find somebody who, or a friend. I started talking to my friends because I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this alone, you know. And it was like that moment you go, oh, and then everybody was talking about it. If you are experiencing some symptoms if you are having difficulty sleeping whereas before you could sleep all the time if you're feeling anxious and that's not something that you've had it's worth going to the doctors doctors are much more informed becoming much more informed um so i would say go and have a have a chat um unfortunately we still live in an age where doctors are offering antidepressants to women who might be perimenopausal and whilst uh, that those may help, that might be not be a route you want to go down, and it won't help all the other stuff. So, if you're amenable to hormone replacement therapy, you could have a chat. But the other side to that is hormone replacement therapy isn't for everyone, and that's fine. Um, so look at things that you could change in your diet look at are you, are you um eating really late for example or are you eating a lot of fried foods or all the stuff that we kind of know you know are you eating five takeaways out of seven days a week that kind of thing are you exercising you know look at the things in your life that you can do something about straight away that includes stress management stress is a big factor in menopause and can bring it on earlier as well so um that's not just one piece of advice but there's a th my point is there are lots of things you can do do not despair that's what i'm saying and listen to my podcast menopause whilst black Bye. Yeah. obviously <laughs> brilliant brilliant <laughs> where can our listeners join your online professional community follow your journey and um do you have anything coming up that may be of interest because I know I'm of interest and I want to be there if something's coming up. <laughs> okay, so I am currently in transition uh, in terms of I put my fashion creative business on hold mm -hmm. uh, because I'm looking to relocate out of London and that is doing what it does like life does. <laughs> so we, the less said about that, okay. the better. <laughs> However, you can follow my shenanigans on mostly on Instagram, the Karen Arthur. Or if you want to specifically hone in on the menopause stuff, I am Menopause Whilst Black. My podcast is on all good podcast platforms. We are in season three. I suggest you start with the latest one and work backwards. It's easier. Ooh, okay. um, I am also hosting the world's first uh, retreat for black women or mixed women in the stages, any stage of menopause next year oh. in Barbados, <gasps> the 1st to the 8th of May, 2023. That's for anyone who is starting menopause, in menopause, postmenopausal. It is specifically for black women because 
I don't feel I need to explain this to you, but I'm going to explain it anyway. We need our own spaces. I feel really strongly that I want to gather up a small group of women and hold them so that they feel seen and they feel understood and we don't have to navigate or to be tone policed or any of that. And the reason it's in Barbados is because I owe it to my ancestors. Mm-hmm. My parents are from Barbados and I I I just love the place. Um so yeah, I that is it's called the Joy Retreat because it will be joyful. And I'm scared and excited, scare sighted about it. <laughs> Another new word. Uh, because, you know, I but I know exactly how I want it to um what I want to present and what I want to offer. And I feel really strongly that, yeah, for the right women, it is for them. And oh, oh and also six places have gone. Wow. <laughs> so there surprised. are 12 spaces. There are 12 spaces. Six have gone. I don't know when this comes out. Monday. But um, there. Yeah. Wow. Short so term there's end. an early bird offer that stops on the 30th of June. So if you're interested, they can email me at thekarenartha at mail.com or if you Google the Arthur, I come up. So my website is uh, Karen, com. Fantastic. But yeah, all the stuff. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Karen. Do you know what? So much information in this podcast episode. Obviously, we've just touched on the surface of menopause so i am so happy that you came and um, shared your knowledge and your journey with our audience today so thank you thank you thank you i've really really enjoyed it i've been looking forward to having a chat with you too see your lovely uh, faces uh, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much okay take care that's all right darlings bye that's all right bye, bye. <laughs> Women Who Rebrand is available on your favourite podcast platforms, including Acast, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Overcast. You can find guest information, recommendations and links on our blog, womenwhorebrand.com. <laughs>